0: Hello and welcome to Sustainable Statement Podcast. On today's episode, I have Carla with me, who is Somatic Experience Practitioner as well as Sex and Intimacy Coach. Today we are focusing on ways of discovering yourself, finding your balance and connection to your body, senses, and intuitions. We have shared some great tips on it as well as some insights about our planet Earth. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And let's get into it. Hello, Hi. Carla. How are you? It's so exciting to have you here.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with
0: you. Oh, so let let's start by introducing you. Who are you? What you do? And yeah,
1: um, I am a somatic experiencing practitioner. Um, I'm also a sex and intimacy coach. I am really passionate about working with the nervous system uh, and rewiring our responses to stress. And I'm really passionate about um, empowering people to be more connected to their bodies, to, to, to themselves in spirit form, and as a result with others.
0: Yeah, that's really, really important, and today I would love to talk about getting to know yourself better and discovering yourself, and I know that you've done some amazing travels that made you discover yourself, or what's the story behind your personal experience of discovering what you want to do with life, where you want to be, where you feel most connected with yourself? Um, well, the, the story actually started
1: um, when I was about to turn 30. And um, I had seen a link on Facebook, uh, a travel deal that was quite amazing. And I was like, let, out of curiosity, let me try to see if I can book this trip. And it was um, 350 dollars round trip from new york to india new york to south africa and new york to the philippines and i was able to book a couple trips and i knew that when i pressed that button that it would be the the beginning of a new journey for myself and there was that moment of panic you know right before pressing um by that you know i just knew my life would change and so um yeah, you know it's scary
0: in a way, but also really <laughs> exciting,
1: <laughs> yes, um it is quite exciting um at the time, it felt terrifying because I had grown up in the United States, and I had done some traveling before, but you know the life in the u s was all I knew and And yet there was a desire to go out there in the world and see see where I could find that could work for my healing journey and nervous system and happiness and expansion, because in some ways I felt uh, limited by the life in the States because it was so, it is so work oriented. And I knew that there was um, a way to find a middle ground between work-life balance. And so it led me to really be curious about other cultures and how other cultures move through their emotions as individuals, as people. And, you know, being interested in in somatic therapy, um, I was really interested in looking at how people connect to their bodies and use their bodies to move through their emotions. Um, So, you know, having been born and raised a bit in Brazil, one of my favorite things about going there is the way that people use music and dance to connect to their spirits and to, to really let go of the weight of their past, of their stresses. And when you go to a dance event, you, you just see countless faces, you know, very, very grateful and happy and um, living fully. Oh. in
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really important. I think, we can always learn from each other whatever it is is it like letting the past go from one culture and then getting more mindful about other culture and even it's important to learn about working and being productive as well from some cultures because some of them just work like in the mornings and then they cut off the um work they earlier so then they can do more stuff or it's all about that balance and learning new things and adapting them to yourself what is best for you exactly i completely agree with
1: that and Mm -hmm. and i feel like i come from these um almost opposing cultures you know where uh in brazil there's kind of this emphasis on you know life is outside of our control let's you know um let's bring ourselves to music and dance and kind of forget the worries of the world. And in the States um, there's this kind of opposing uh, mentality of like, you know, you pull yourself by your bootstraps, you create your reality based on how much work you're willing to put in. And so uh, part of my upbringing was was conflicted at times because I was receiving these, these kind of opposing messages. And it was, it was an interesting um, journey to find that middle ground in the States where everything is so work oriented. So when I, when I began traveling, it was really um, my own journey of becoming connected to my intuition and becoming connected to my body because I had functioned for so long from my brain that I had forgotten to read the signals of when my body was saying, this doesn't feel good. This, this feels good, you know, danger or, you know, happiness. Like I, there were some very basic things that I could not read. And I think it's because I put so much emphasis on my thoughts, you know?
0: Yeah. And I believe that so many people can relate to it and they feel stuck in those emotions that they are afraid to go out somewhere and take a risk okay this is enough we need to go travel and explore and get to know yourself so so many people are stuck with that do you have any advice how to break it up and how to i don't know dare to do something new dare to explore yourself yes um lots of
1: little ideas with working with the senses around the house, you know, like there's no need to go live, you know, a a nomadic travel adventure, you can have um, a a connected experience with yourself inside your own home. So one thing I was reading the other day was, um, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but um, I was reading an article about the sensuality of peeling an orange while you're taking a hot shower and eating the orange while you're showering, wow!
0: I haven't heard of that. What is it? Yeah, so well, what does it's it bring just, to you?
1: It, it's just an exercise of connecting to your senses. You know, like the the burst of the of the orange as it as it opens, the liquid mixing with the water, um, the way the peel feels under hot water. You know, just just being connected to your senses. It's it's a way. To practice um, a sensuality of sorts with everyday things and with everyday um, functions, you know, like eating in a mindful and connected way. Like really, you know, breathing into, you know, the, the cooking process and really um, feeling, you know, the, the cold tile at the bottom of your feet as you walk, you know. Uh, all these things, like these little ways of being fully alive to 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 our to our moments, to our to our body, I think are are kind of skills that are incredibly important, but but aren't as valued uh, in a capitalist society. So I, I would begin to explore with textures, smells. Um, you know, like the other day I tried eating chocolate mm-hmm. in the shower and that oh. was like a beautiful <laughs> experience because, you know, the chocolate was like melting in my fingers. And so it, it was, there was this rush to, to, you know, indulge in, in the sweetness before it, it fully melted on my fingers. And so, um, as a sex and intimacy coach, like a lot of what I enjoy is bringing people back to their, their core, their center, of who they are. And so sometimes when we don't take the time to explore that, um, we can end up making mistakes that, that are like, become cyclical, you know? It's almost like, why did I, why am I in this pattern over and over? Um, because not being connected to ourselves can lead to, you know, big and small problems, you know, that can have long ranging consequences, you know? Like not being able to notice uh by someone's body language whether you know they like you or not or whether whether there's something off about a situation you know like there's uh work situations that by not being connected to our bodies in a in an everyday kind of way like nonverbal cues that we might miss in the work environment um but it can also lead to like personal health issues of um, you know kind of shutting down rather quickly to uh, a stressful situation and just not being able to cope with it and then losing losing a lot of time on on Netflix binges because one doesn't know what to do and so it can um, you know I think starting small and uh, being being at home in your body and exploring what that means through different through the different senses is a way to enliven us to who we are.
0: Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. It's really important. And then when you're not in line with yourself, other people will be really confused about the signs you're giving.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. And then yes,
0: yes. <laughs> and then it just creates conflicts and it just hardens your life a thing then you're not that relaxed and you're not in peace and I think for example going back to traveling and after you start this there's loads of people who are still worried about traveling alone like how will it be when they go on their own to a different country and what if something happens what if they're going to feel lonely but that Actually, when you're put in that situation, that's when you really, really go back to yourself. Yes. And you start feeling things. You can't run away from them.
1: Yes. Yes. So much of my journey was exactly that, of allowing those feelings to come and finding voice to them. You know, um, I'm recalling a moment. And, and, and as a result of that, like really giving yourself that voice you have no idea what doors will open as a result. So right now I'm thinking of um, a road trip that I did between the North and South Islands of New Zealand. And I rented a car uh, for each island and took a ferry between them. And I was in the South Island in the middle of winter. And I went to an ecstatic dance class at this beautiful church with like just very simple design, but it was just very... Uh, beautiful wood and there was there were candles all over it was just very beautifully set up for a sacred dance exploration and I remember you know not knowing anybody and just introducing myself at the beginning of the class as you know I want to understand authentic New Zealand culture you know I want to understand the people from here and I was speaking to this woman who said you know what? I have just the person for you. And then she basically said, I know this older man who lives at the, at the bottom of the South Island. Um, I think it's called the Catlins. Um, but he, and, he, and she basically said, there's no address. It's a very small, small town with only 15 people. And, you know, I'm going to tell him that you're on your way south and to expect you. And you'll know it's his house because there's a green patch of grass uh, in the main road. And I'm like, oh, my God, like as a traveler, I'm like, OK, hey, this sounds <laughs> unsafe because, you know, I'm going to an older man's house that I've never met. There's no address. <laughs> um, there's no support because it's a, it's a small town with 15 people. Like, what am I doing? But um, but she was so excited for me because I I had been clear in my values about saying I want to understand this about this place before I leave. And, and so I received that, you know, I did end up driving south. I did understand finally what she meant. It just felt a little strange um, at first uh, at hearing it. But when I got there, there really was only one green patch of grass and so there was no way to get lost um and he was waiting there and i had an incredibly interesting uh night speaking with a 79 year old uh new zealand man who had a collection interestingly enough he had a, a collection from the 1950s of cowboys and indians comic books from the us wow yeah like wow yeah <laughs> And he had a, a wood stove. And interestingly, I I don't know you know I don't know how it came about that he was the only one in the in this small town that had internet. And so he actually that's how they were able to communicate. Like she sent him an email saying a visitor would be coming, and he got the email. So in this tiny little cabin house, uh, on the only green patch of, of, of grass in this very small town, um, I was I heard the stories of this older man. Um, how he came to be in this small cabin, why he was there alone, what had happened to his family, and, you know, kind of the psychology of growing older, you know, and, and your, your shifting needs. So it wasn't just, you know, about the culture, it became about understanding another human being. And all because of this one phrase that I uttered, you know, at the beginning of a dance class I want to understand authentic New Zealand culture
0: yeah um the amazing thing about the story which is really impressive that you just need to be open for new things and in that situation you really trust it yourself and listen to your voice that yes you should go you should explore it you need to know it before you leave yeah and so many people would who are not inclined with themselves they would just think of other things oh it's unsafe as you said and where am I going but it's just about also doing good and receiving good. So all that positive energy goes around. And when you're open for other people, they're open for you as well. Yes, I, I do agree with that wholeheartedly.
1: Um, I would also add that part of my journey was about not just opening up, but opening up and having a stable set of boundaries, you know, because... Um, because of, of some traumatic things that had happened in my past, I, I became kind of a rebel, you know, like, I'm not going to let these crappy things that happened affect my outlook and my interaction with people. But, you know, I sometimes like went the opposite way too much of opening up too much or trusting too much. And then that ended up leading to, um some humbling experiences as well and so it's it's kind of this fine line between opening to the world but being so connected with yourself that you are prepared um, that you are prepared in a way that you know I I think it's a mixture of and intention for sure
0: yeah um, it's not like we're encouraging everyone to go to New Zealand and go to a random guy's house it's not that it's yeah, as you said, you need to be open, but you also need to like have that sense of what is right and what is wrong. Even though I believe that there's no wrong decisions in the life, they just lead to different paths. Yeah. So probably even if you didn't go to that man's house, you would have gone somewhere else and would have experienced something else. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting
1: things about going out and and having lived experiences rather than just sitting with them in your mind, is that you get to see exactly that, that there are multiple ways to live your life, that if one thing doesn't work, then something else will, will open, you know. And for a long time, I had functioned under the the belief that you know it's only worthwhile or it's only meant to be if i struggle to get it you know and it wasn't until i began traveling and really getting connected to my somatic body and my somatic spirit you know how how i feel things on an earthly level that i really began to understand um that there's a lot of value in how do I put it um there's a lot of value in allowing each chapter to guide the next one rather than planning the entire book uh without yeah without what
0: you mean yeah yeah
1: Yeah.
0: so you just need to see how life goes and if you have planned something like for years and something doesn't feel right, just need to step back and see, oh, what are my other options? What else can I do? Because life does send you those signals of something is wrong. Or actually as well for some things, if it feels right and it doesn't work out, but it still feels right, you still need to put more work and more effort
1: Yes. Um, I, I would um, add that to that that the, the work and effort is useful in, in that introspection phase where you're really processing, um, you know, what happened, what could be done better, what worked, what didn't, you know, having kind of a meta process, a, a post-production process, you know, something happened and then you evaluate it. And then you bring yeah, the lessons. Yeah, like
0: reflecting.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's very, very, very <clears throat> powerful because um, it's, it's kind of like there's no wasted time. There's no wasted opportunity. Even the suffering led to um, a meaty, you know, a quality um, shift in you, you know, so it's like you're reusing both the joys and the pains and there's no wasted moment.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And if you look at your life, like, what have you lived? And you can see that there are some things that went wrong, but there are so many good things that came out of that, that you improved yourself, that you learned the lesson, that it led you to something more beautiful. Yes. So, really, we need to live with no regrets. Because, for example, even if you didn't spend all your life in the USA... You wouldn't have appreciated other cultures. Very true. Because you know what I mean. <clears throat> Very true. Very true. Um,
1: one of the things that um, that this makes me think of is like the 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 healing journey of being more connected to my body, and then thus um, by doing so. I was able to open up to the world more. It's kind of like sometimes it's a chicken or the egg problem, you know, like do you, do I open up first or or do I wait for these signals from the world, you know, to, to, to force me open. Um, But like, there's this um, adage that, you know, we regret the things that we don't do more than the things we actually do do, you know? So like, I think having the, Recognizing what one needs to feel the courage to take a step forward, even when there's fear, I think that's such an important insight. You know, because that's going to be a little bit different for everybody. Um, before I began my traveling journey, I actually did a couple years of research about um, about different countries, about becoming an expatriate from the U.S. and, and living elsewhere and looking into those details. And so when I began the traveling journey, it was a very intentional trip. It wasn't, um, it wasn't like a free-spirited, open-ended trip. It was very purposeful and it was meant to evaluate you know, my set of values and how I felt in each environment and how they, they scored, so to speak, or how I felt in them how I evaluated and and experienced these different cultures. And so I think that's going to be a little bit different for everybody. I have another friend. It took her four years. um, And I understand because she also has a child, but it took her four years to um, find a plan that worked for her. And she sold her home and bought a caravan and lives in the caravan and travels around the U S. So, you know, a lot of these decisions. I think for there to be sustainable, long-term growth, like it really needs to come from this centered place of how do I best live my values? And that's where I have found somatic experiencing as a therapy modality so powerful because it really helps you to get into a, a normal, a normalized uh, frequency and ritual with how your body is feeling. And we just have given so much value to, to the brain and to our thoughts. Um, when I was in Malaysia, I, um, that was the beginning of my, my two-year trip was a 10-day Vipassana silent meditation in Malaysia and then I ended with an ayahuasca ceremony in Peru. And so there was a, a spiritual element um, beginning and ending the whole trip. And so when I was at the beginning of that trip in Malaysia during the silent meditation, I, I recognized, you know, because you're sitting, you know, 14 hours a day with your thoughts, I would time myself and, and evaluate the thoughts I was thinking. And about 80 to 90% of it was pure fear and worry. And that astounded me like that each hour I would time how many minutes I spent, um, just lamenting and and lugubriating and just in this in this fear energy and I realized wow I give up so much of my power because of how I'm thinking and it was the you know it was the the analysis that led to to me really changing my whole life you know because once I realized wow like I'm really wasting life energy it's not even time it's like i'm wasting my spirit energy on stuff that has not even happened yet and so that led me to think about problems in another kind of way um, where i traveled with like a reasonable kind of open-endedness where i would have a couple backup plans but i would kind of free flow depending on how things ended up and that ended up being a great um a great mixture of, of both, you know, the head and the heart, you know?
0: Yeah, that's, I'm just absolutely amazed. And I just want to add about the fear and the time that the fear is just look at fear as a good sign. You're stepping out of your comfort zone, you're doing something new and there's something great waiting out there. And about the time that there's no right or wrong time. It's never too late to start something. You don't need to feel bad about, I don't know, planning for years something. If you really want it, just take your time. And even when people say, oh, they don't have time for meditation or getting back to themselves, that time pays off. You need to put time into yourself. You need to put time into realizing your thoughts. Yes, I think that's what's really missing in our culture, that we're so time focused, which is important in a way. But it's important to give yourself that time as well and not live for other people. Yes, Uh,
1: those those are two separate and very important um, values, you know, to living for other people is a, is a whole other conversation about, (laughs) you know, about, um, being so authentic about who you are, that you're not trying to adapt to other people's interpretations of you. That for me has been something, um, of a lifelong journey, because I think as women, we're socialized to be the puzzle piece that adapts to other people, you know, like, we're socialized to, to move around and navigate uh, situations and change who we are to make a situation fit. And so, you know, part of growing up for me has really been embracing my complexity, embracing the different um, levels and degrees of different qualities that exist, and really learning to be more playful with it, rather than trying to Hide one thing to be more approachable to someone else, you know. Um, so like that, it's been a huge, beautiful journey of this healthy self esteem development,
0: yeah. And if, like, if you don't feel confident with yourself, and then even if you still step out and travel with other people and you discover all the c- cultures, so maybe if, for example, your complexion wasn't the most attractive thing in your country by the society. It could be absolutely adored thing in other one. And everyone is beautiful. It's just, it just makes me so sad that so many people are forced to fit into the standards. But when you start traveling around and seeing other places, you see how different those standards are and none of them are right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with you. And and I guess this is
1: you know, one of the privileges of traveling, like people who kind of stay in the same place from when they're born to when they die, they don't they don't have that same context. And so it can be really easy when you come across people who don't change their environment to understand why there's a, a closed mindedness of sorts, because there there isn't that contrast of other cultures that they can um, have an evaluative process with and and kind of integrate new experiences through. So um, that's one of the beautiful things of traveling for me is, you know, having a deeper understanding of how complex humans and society can really be um, the different webs of interconnection that we have with each other what holds us together as individuals internally, and then what holds our social webs together. It's, it's been a beautiful journey of um, traveling from this somatic lens of, you know, what are my senses telling me about, um, about the environment? And I guess a, a, a quick but important story about that is when I was in uh, Tasmania, in southern Australia, I was at a national park. And I cannot explain to you why I felt a sadness in the land. Um, I just could not explain it. It was just something in the in the environment, something in the air that I was breathing. Uh, my perception of how I was seeing the plants, they just looked really sad and I ended up crying at that national park, and then proceeded to cry for five days. And it wasn't until I left the national park and went back to the to, to Hobart that I came to to the understanding that Tasmania is the location where the Aborigines were exterminated. Um, well, they were exterminated in many parts of Australia, but you know, it, it was a specific site of um, uh, of of them being murdered and killed off, and I feel like all that practice, uh, because uh, Australia was toward the end of my trip, it was right before I moved to Spain, and so I feel like all that time of practicing this very um, connected sense of interacting with the world, I was able to sense that. You know, I was able to pick up on that grief and the the darkness. Of that, of that mass extermination. And, and I was able to, to let it into my body and, and let it move through me, you know, letting it change me. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is that they, can, they see these things in the world but they don't allow it to change them. And I feel like that's where the greatest, um, the greatest gifts lie is when you allow your environment to change you because usually it's for the better
0: yeah i'm just amazed by that story and it's so many people don't realize like when the land feels sad and that they just ignore it because there are so now so many buildings and so many cities are built on places like that and with all the building of new stuff we're kind of losing our sense of the environment, and. People forget how kind we need to be to the earth because we are the guests there. We are living there. We need to look after our home, which is the planet. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, I I have never felt that that sense of being connected to <clears throat> to earth as strongly as when I um, when I take ayahuasca. You know, it's this natural. Uh, plant from the Amazon that gives you a lot of deep insights about yourself and about the world um or it has the potential to do that not everybody has the same experience Uh, but for me it's a very spiritual experience of being connected with earth you know it's literally you give your trust um you surrender to this interaction that you have with the plant medicine and you allow it to come into you and speak to you in ways that increase exponentially your your, your depth of awareness. And so there's, there's a huge intimacy in that, in, in being connected to earth by nature of knowing it well and allowing it into you, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree with you on that and so many people are missing that connection so many people not noticing the greenery around them and it also the nature is kind and that brings you all the kindness and all the feelings and there's like no negativity in the earth I just don't understand why are we creating it Just you know, yeah. bad things happen and then over that The earth still grows flowers over it. Yeah. Um, It makes me
1: think of this movie called Mother. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, No, I
0: haven't. I
1: I think it's with Jennifer Lawrence, but it came out in the last couple of years. And it's kind of this allegory about our connection to earth. Or the movie was meant to be an allegory about our connection to earth. And I I feel like it was like a horror film. (coughs) I'm not doing it justice, but it's this very interesting <clears throat> take on um, our connection to Earth um, and and the mother in the in this the, the mother character was a stand-in for Mother Earth, and so all the different ways that we abuse Mother Earth and manipulate her for our needs, um, and I think you know especially at this time in history, you know it, it's a huge huge impactful time where we can make or break our civilization and the sustainability of this of the of earth depending on what we do you know and so in a way even though there's been so many horrors associated with um the coronavirus and the toll that that's taken in human lives uh the economy and such um the fact that the earth that earth has had A little bit of space to breathe you know like I look at pictures of of New Delhi and China and different parts of the world where where everything has been shut down for such a long time that earth is able to to renew itself and rebirth itself and it's it's kind of a shame that as we enter the end of our quarantine times that you know it's very likely that we'll return to that kind of productivity pace that beats up on earth and prevents it from, from nurturing itself and rebirthing itself.
0: Yeah. um, I wouldn't even think that it was a long time. It was just like a couple of months and earth is already getting back to itself. It's just amazing. And I just really have lots of hope and willingness to help people to make a change after our post quarantine life. I, and it can start with absolutely little thing, just like grounding with yourself, feeling the nature and just not polluting it, seeing with the mindfulness, um, just appreciate all the things you have and that you don't need that much production anymore. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, like one way to think about it, there's, uh, I, I've done some training in something called Theater of the Oppressed. It's a, uh, kind of in, in an interactive theater to address uh, societal inequalities. And it, it was developed in Brazil, but has grown um, in, in popularity as a, as, a, as a tool of activism to induce and educate on social change. And during my training, one of the exercises was to be a seed, you know like to to sprout yourself as if you are a plant and so it was this beautiful exercise of, of it was very somatic as well you know of where like how would you behave as a seed you know how do you behave as you sprout how do you behave as you grow and just have that kind of gentleness with your energetic space with your physical space with your emotional space to really um, think of yourself as like a sprouting plant, you know, growing and what kind of fertile land do you need to grow? I think it's a really useful thought exercise that that can then be taken into, broken down into steps and and actionable steps for one's life.
0: Yeah, and it's like with the seeds and the people, they kind of grow in a toxic environment and by that means um, we're struggling to grow with toxic people around us, with boring jobs that we hate. We can't grow with being where we are unhappy. And if there's something like that, we do need to get ourselves up, really incline to yourself what you really need, what really makes you happy, and start making a plan about it. What can you do to change it?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, I think people need some time in that space of believing that they can sprout into a healthy plant before, because it, it's almost like changing into a whole other belief system, right? So it's like, I think people need that practice of pausing and being with themselves um, and developing that intuition and awareness, developing that relationship with their gut. You know, people think that, that the information uh, in our bodies come from our brains. But actually, um, in, our, in our system, most, about 80% of our messaging it actually goes from the gut to the brain, not the other way around, you know? So it's what it, like whatever the body experience is, is feeling that messaging gets passed up to the brain and interpreted into thoughts and interpreted in, in, and realigned in other ways. And so I, I would say that for people to get to that point of, you know, revolution with their, with their outer world, there needs to be a revolution from within so that it doesn't it, so that when they, when they hit that wall of being with the external world and, and, you know, the the job that's boring, you know, the boss that's abusive, what have you, um, the family that's not approving, you know, then they're able to have that solid ground inside and then say, hey, there's this contrast like this doesn't feel good. And then I feel like there's more likelihood, you know, of taking steps externally when you know. what. It yeah, when you have like. it.
0: Yeah, and I just want to add that you really need to be patient with the process and embrace the process. And if it doesn't work, just quickly, just do not give up on it. It's a lifelong process of getting with yours in line with yourself. You cannot just do it in one day. And if it doesn't work with it, yeah. it's a constant, continuous work. But amazing things happens once you dedicate yourself to it. I
1: completely agree. Um, on my website, there's a, a video that once you subscribe to the website, just by leaving, uh, your email, um, it's a video that speaks to that curiosity of how to, how to connect to that curiosity within yourself in order to, um, in order to start taking more active steps in your life, you know, because I think so much there's, there can be so much fear about change. And, and one way to approach it is by embracing curiosity, you know, to, 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 to be open to the questions, even if you don't have the answers yet. So um I'll, I'll leave that website. Um, it's a uh, Carla Carrera, C-A-R-L-A-C-A-R-R-E-I-R-A, Dot com, and uh, the pop-up will come up and then you'll leave your email and then you'll have access to that. Um,
0: yeah, that I will also leave your website page on the description. So definitely check it out because if you want to make the changes but you're not sure how to, that's a really good first step. Just getting to know a bit about it. Just getting yourself questions and reading and informing yourself into it.
1: Yes, for sure. And I'll also have like other resources that will be posted as well, and other blog articles and academic articles about uh, different therapeutic um, techniques and exercises. I want it to be a website that is useful and not just, you know, info about me. Um, Because I think once we get connected, um, truly connected to ourselves, that uh, the world can really, really shift and rather quickly even. Um, and so I, I like this mix of, of the somatic experiencing together with the sex int- intimacy coaching because, you know, you're using the life force of the body. Um, sexual energy can have a lot of like, you know, stigmas and, and issues attached to it. And I know that we're going to go into it in another another session. But yeah, I'm, I'm
0: very passionate yeah. about about both of them (laughs) it's coming soon i'm really excited to talk to you about it and share it with the listeners and this talk was really great thank you so much for sharing all this information and experience and hoping to inspire people just to at least have a thought about it yes and maybe even take the action and just get there just working on yourself is so important Because then you can work on things around you too. Yeah,
1: And thank you so much for creating this space where people can um, listen to different perspectives. And you really have given not just yourself, but but the world a platform with which to explore these issues of how we can connect to earth and connect to ourselves more deeply and more authentically. So thank you for, for putting this podcast together.
0: Oh, thank you so much. You're amazing. And I'm so glad I've met you for this. Same here. Hope you have an amazing day. And I'll talk to you soon about in our next podcast. Yes,
1: fantastic. Thank you so much.
0: Bye-bye.